Ready? Yep. Welcome to Ox. I'm Bianca. And I'm Hannah. And we're just two 20-something-year-olds trying to figure it out. One awkward moment at a time. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Ox. Today you're joining us on our journey to debt-free travel and financial freedom. And it's not us who's giving you guys the tea, but Sunia, the founder of Flynance. Sunia and I met a couple of years ago, honestly, probably like five or more years ago at this point. And since then, she has been killing the game, launching her online platform, Flynance.com where she teaches people just like you and me about how to travel debt-free and how to reach financial freedom. Today, she joined us and really dropped so many gems around, first of all, starting out with a positive mindset around the way that we, the way that we look at money, and secondarily about how we can create goals and actually reach those goals when it comes to personal finance and also travel. She's occupying this really cool space at the intersection of travel blogging and personal finance education. And she's really filling this gap because both sides tend to be at odds with each other. And so she, she's showing us or sharing with us her journey when it comes to her own financial goals, how she started finance and how you and I and all of us regular people just trying to learn how to adult can similarly reach those goals. By the end of this episode, you're going to ask yourself, how bad do I want it? Thank you so much for finding time to chat with us today. Yeah, it's no problem. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Um, I've been listening to some of your other episodes and I'm really excited to be on the Ox podcast. Yay! Happy that you're here. So, Sunia, I haven't met you face-to-face, and many of our listeners won't get the chance to meet you face-to-face, but we just want to learn a little bit about you. Um, And so one of our questions that we like to ask our interviewees is, what's a new hobby you've discovered since you've been locked in? Yeah, so a new hobby I've discovered is actually decluttering. So I have been Uh, decluttering my room and some of my apartment. And it's been surprisingly therapeutic. Um, You know how I feel like a lot of us have like, maybe like drawers or parts in your closet, you just kind of like thrown stuff and it's accumulated. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I've kind of like gone through that process and let go of some things, did a purge, finally cleaned through like my makeup. Um, So that's been really, I guess that's a hobby that I'm claiming. (laughs) That's awesome. It's a very adult thing to do. You're like <laughs> Marie Kondoing right there. <laughs> Trying to, right? Trying to. Only keep things that uh, that really spark joy. Yeah, for That's sure. it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so another question we like to ask our interviewees is, we oftentimes have these really cool superpowers that are really superpowers, but they help us out a lot and they change the game in our own personal lives. So we wanted to know, Sunia, what's a superpower that is a not so superpower? Um, this is a really good question, but I think my not so superpower, wait, is this, it's supposed to be a good thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think my not so superpower, uh, I think I'm a really good connector of, of people and ideas. Um, mm-hmm. so I like to keep like a mental 
kind of like Rolodex of, of what people were working on. And, um, and I love being able to connect individuals with similar goals, ideas, and, and really see that spark between um, two folks in my network. So um, I'll, I'll say being a, a master connector is, is my not so superpower. You're like LinkedIn awesome. in your life. <laughs> Trying to be, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yes, the plug. You always need a plug in your group. Yes, that's okay. amazing. Um, so just, you know, to sort of rewind a little bit, obviously, you know, I know you, I know your platform. Actually, I didn't even know that you had this platform until a couple like weeks ago. I was like sliding through like Instagram. And I saw you post something about finance and I clicked in. I was like, oh my gosh, she's got this whole thing going on. So cool. So could you sort of just give us um, an elevator pitch about who you are and what you do? Sure thing. So I'm Sunia. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, but I'm based in New York City. And I'm really passionate about making personal finance, travel, and innovation accessible for people like me who have historically been underrepresented in these spaces. So in my day job, I am a product developer in financial services, and I've spent the bulk of my early professional career in the credit card industry. So I've built and launched high-profile credit cards for American Express. Um, and I'm really conscious about bringing um, that knowledge into other parts of my life. Um, I'm also deeply invested in um, communities that I serve. I'm a member of alumni boards for my alma mater, Barnard College, as well as um, the broader Columbia University. And I'm a lover of seeing and exploring new places through travel. So my love for travel has taken me to 27 countries and nearly every continent. I'm coming for you, Antarctica, after this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and yeah, from this love, I created a blog that I've called Finance to really show everyday people how to travel without financial burdens and really create a space for me to talk about debt, money, and my own personal finance journey. So that's me in a nutshell. That's amazing. I feel like all parts of your life sort of just like have clicked together. I would be curious to find out like, was that by design? Like how did, how did that even come to pass that like your professional pursuits also match with your passions and interests? Yeah, I, I'm not going to say it was by design, but um, I have been someone, even since I've been in college, I think I've been someone who's always thought ahead and, and could really see, could really see what my future looked like. Um, and I really do believe in the power of manifesting. So I think, you know, I think I've just been really intentional about the steps that I've taken. Um, and it's been really blessing to kind of see all of the things come together. So thank you for that. Kind of around that same line of thought, do you have a life mantra or guiding principle that um, has served you over the past couple of years? Yeah, for sure. So um, this is actually something that my life coach used to tell me all the time. Uh, but especially in the last two years, um, I- I'm really proud of the growth that I've been able to um, make personally. But I think a lot of that has been around this phrase, how bad do you want it? Um, so it used to be my background, my lock screensaver. Um, but I know I'm a person that um, I can get really, I can definitely get paralyzed by perfection. Um, but mm-hmm. kind of reminding me and being guided by like, how bad do you want, um, you know, that promotion, that, uh, you know, that weight loss, that debt-free moment, you know, um, I feel like that mantra has really helped put a little fire under me and keep me going. 
Mm. Mm. I love that. That's dope. How bad do you want it? Yeah. That's good. I'm going to write that on my mirror. (laughs) But it's true. Um, Kind of just jumping the gun in regards to your life mantra. How bad do you want it? Where did finance really start? Were you sitting on your couch just reflecting on your journey to these various countries and how you were learning to manage money? What inspired this wonderful organization that you've cultivated? Yeah, so I never thought I would be, you know, having a a personal finance blog, but maybe about two years ago or just ever since graduating college and, and living full time, I was I feel like I'd been asked that same question over and over again. Like, how do you afford to travel? And I, you know, like very much just was kind of sharing different trips that I was taking through my personal page. But, you know, as more uh, friends and strangers alike were asking me this question, you know, I kind of realized like, wow, maybe I do have an audience to kind of share some of the things that I'm thinking about. And at the same time, I started learning more about financial freedom and following people in the debt-free community. And, you know, I just was having a lot of thoughts around like my money and what I wanted to do with my money and just being a little frustrated for at having like a lot of the same conversations with friends who weren't really serious about their financial situations and didn't really know where to go for advice. So finance was really born out of, out of that. And it definitely took me a little while to find my niche. Like it was like, okay, I I knew I didn't want to just talk about personal finance, but I don't want to just be a travel blogger either. So I really see finance sitting at the intersection of the travel blog community where I feel like, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on storytelling and glamorous photography and all these amazing exotic places. Uh, But hardly anyone talks about how much it actually costs to to travel, to travel full time, to travel when you have a nine to five or or what have you. Right. And then also the personal finance debt free community where it's almost like shameful to say you're going on vacation if you have debt or if you're paying down a mortgage or you have any other financial obligations. So I really see finance existing for everyday people like like us who want to see more of the world on their terms and also have bigger financial goals uh, that they're working towards. That's awesome. I think oftentimes it's a matter of access, right? And I think we oftentimes talk about access in regards to, you know, like health and other social determinants, but being able to get on a bus, being able to get on a train or get on a plane and go somewhere in spite of the fact that you might not have millions of dollars is something that we don't get the chance to talk about. And I appreciate the fact that you're, you know, taking the time to invest in people like us who want to be able to have those freedoms, even though we don't have all that much money right now, you know, so thank you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing people talk about a lot, just like after graduating undergrad is like, oh man, we don't have summer vacation anymore. Like, how can we travel? Like, it just gets, there's so many questions around it, but I feel like no one really has the answers. And like you were saying, those travel blogs, they're beautiful, but typically it's folks who are maybe older than us, feel a little bit more established, seem as though they have more money. So stumbling upon your blog was 
was pretty awesome because I got to see one someone I knew. So I know that you're just like, you know, a normal person just like me, but yeah. you're also out here going to like 27 countries. And I'm like, how do you do it? And you tell us exactly how to do it. So that's so cool. Right. Thank and I you. think it just ties back into your how bad do you want it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we wanted to just kind of get a gauge of how your platform, how much your platform is divided into travel versus that of personal finances. Yeah. So that's actually a question that I'm still working through as a, you know, very early stage blogger. I'm still developing my brand and, and really trying to create as much content as I can that really focuses people on the fact that I'm in this gray area. I was actually talking with another Black woman blogger who's in this space. Um, Her handle is Debt Free to Travel. And she's someone who I found through Instagram, just kind of looking to build community um, with other people doing what I'm doing. And we actually were on Zoom earlier today kind of talking about how it can be a little can be a little overwhelming to be in this uh, space where you're talking about travel and personal finance, because like I mentioned, there is no blueprint. So yes, I could look at some, some black women bloggers like Hey Sierra and the Ufoma, but they are, they have huge brands. Like they work with huge companies. They've been blogging and traveling full time for some time now. So, so yeah, I'm definitely still trying to find that balance. But when I think about the content that I'm going to create or any stories that I want to tell on finance, um, I really make sure that that at the end goal of that content is to really show how how travel and personal finance are intertwined in my life and, and really how travel is a financial priority for me. So I think I've been able to do that. And I'm still trying to crack the code, but I really want to I really want to sit in this middle ground between travel blogging, traveling full-time, travel entrepreneurship, and personal finance, financial freedom, and debt-free and debt freedom. That is awesome. I think one thing that I was really hearing is that these two traveling personal and personal finance aren't mutually mutually exclusive, right? They kind of have to work hand in hand. And I appreciate the fact that you said that being able to travel is a financial priority, right? It's not something that you can do only when you can. It's something that you want to kind of intertwine into your financial state and your financial budget so that when you want to take that trip, you're not taking coins from under your bed or borrowing money. You have the means to do that and enjoy it. So that's really, really awesome. Absolutely. So we just wanted to talk lastly, you mentioned a life coach, and I've often heard people mention life coaches, but that mantra that she gave you really stuck with me. And I wanted you wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit more about your life coach, how you kind of got involved um, with them and how it's helped you a little bit more. Yes, my life coach is is phenomenal, is amazing. I met her at a women's empowerment brunch two years ago. And at that point, I'd never even heard of life coaching. I wasn't familiar with the concept. But at that point, I was really struggling. I was really struggling in finding my identity, now having finished college, finished grad school, and just being a full-time person working and living in New York City can be really tough. And if, you know, if you're not familiar with kind of like that experience of moving to New York and really trying to figure out things on your own in a, in a very like, you know, high pressure city and, you know, just wanting to do your best, but for the first mm-hmm. time, you know, not having 
the community of people that you went to college around you, right? Like, I, I can't like, I can't gloat about the achievements that I did in college and grad school. Like now I'm just like, mm-hmm, right. you know, I'm just a, I'm just a person getting on the subway like anyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really struggling with kind of figuring out my direction and, and I knew that it was impacting multiple areas of my life, but here in my life coach and her handle on Instagram is life coach Petra. So life coach, her name is P E T. RA. She gave a testimony and it was, she was talking more about romance, but she was talked about how um, she overcame tragedy in her tragedies in her own life and how she was able to change and totally shift her mindset, which was able, which allowed her to attract the life that she wanted to live. And that testimony when I heard it it just like it literally gave me chills and I just went up to her after and was just like I have to work with you I don't have a lot of money but please work with me <laughs> and we just honestly built and I will say I, I think why we work so well together is that we truly both invested in our relationship as as a life coach and and me as her client so you know it's been a really amazing experience and and I I give a lot of props to my life coach for, for how she helped me break through my own barriers around finance. So you might, mm. you know, hear me talking about finance and I sound really confident and, and what have you, but like, there was a long time I just sat on this idea. Like I was, I was so afraid to put myself out there to like talk about money to like, you know, like expose myself, I guess, you know, I, for, for like over a year I had, I had the name, I knew what I wanted to do, but I, I couldn't do it. And she really helped me kind of push through those mental barriers that I had set for myself. So, so yeah, if you're a person like me who uh, really needs external, <laughs> external accountability <laughs> in the form of like a personal trainer or like mm-hmm. a home girl, you know, a life coach might, might be good for you. Yeah, that sounds really, really powerful. And that's definitely something I've considered. Obviously not right now when I'm not making an income (laughs) going to school full time. But um, I think that kind of dovetails into what I wanted to ask you next. And that's really around just like, how did you know that this is something that you could do? Meaning like, you know, in that time in which you're trying to figure everything out, in which you maybe were not as confident as you are today, how did you work through those mental barriers? And then also just how did you figure out like all these, you know, tools when it comes to personal finance and travel? How did you even gain that knowledge? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of only honestly going back to college. In college, I, I knew that I could I knew that I could create a life for myself where I could really build wealth. I didn't I didn't know about the terms. I didn't know about like financial freedom, retire early. I didn't know about the fire community. I didn't know any of that language. But you know, having attended Barnard, attended Columbia you know, like those types of ideas were kind of, they were definitely in my like sphere. Going to an Ivy League school, you definitely, you're definitely in conversations. You attend panels, workshops, what have you, lectures, and the ideas kind of are there, but I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone personally who had ever done that. Definitely didn't know anyone Black that had ever done that. But I just kind of envisioned that like, hey, okay, if I'm able to like flip if I'm able to flip my degree into a job that pays me a certain income, like at least $75,000 and I can just keep working at that level and up, like 
I know that there has to be a way that I can turn that into building wealth. But it really wasn't until I was a full-time, like working full-time that actually I saw an article in The Cut, and I talk about this in my blog, but the first time I ever learned about financial freedom was through an article, The Cut, I, I like was on their email newsletter. And one of the headlines was like, I'm 35 and about to retire and I was just was like, what? Like, how do, how do I retire early? Like, what does that mean? So that was, that opened up my eyes to, to financial freedom. And one of the first, one of the first big accounts that I started following an Asian American woman, her platform is called Save My Sense. And she and her husband, she and her husband, they, they are multimillionaires, um, but they're everyday earners and they live below their means, but they, they, they don't have any concerns around money as it relates to building wealth, saving for retirement. They choose to work, but they don't have to. So, so, you know, kind of seeing that early on, I think in my, in my professional career also kind of helps me say, okay, I know what I'm working towards. It's definitely not, I don't necessarily aspire to be CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but I do aspire, and this is one of the questions you had for me, but I do aspire to have a million dollar net worth. And now having followed more people in the, in in this community, I see that it's, it's totally possible. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think using that mantra, how bad do I want it? I know that that's what it is going to take me to reaching that this decade. And I'm really serious about doing that. But in terms of, you know, balancing a blog and working full time and traveling, honestly, I think attending a women's college and always having been an overachiever, I need, I need multiple things to kind of dig my teeth into. I think that's also why I struggled a bit when I started working full time is I don't think I had enough outlets to really, you know, let out my diverse like interests and hobbies. So for me, like I, I have to have a platform that allows me to serve other people. I have to do, be doing something that really speaks to my passions. And, and I really have to be working in something that is like both challenging, but also fulfilling. So I feel really blessed to be in a position, um, especially at just 25, to be able to do those, those things simultaneously. That's amazing. I love that you have such a lofty goal and, you know, maybe, maybe to you, it's not lofty, but like hearing it in the next decade, you want to have a million dollar net worth. Like that is amazing. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, brings you back to sort of like your, your manifestation. Like I'm sure that's something that you've manifested and, and visualized and all of that. So that's really cool. So my next question is just around, advice for recent grads, people that are maybe still even in school, folks that have similar goals or folks that would have similar goals if they even knew how to get there. Really just people in their early 20s who are just starting their careers. So tips on one, how to create those financial goals and then two, how to, you know, how to actually get to those goals. Yeah, just anything on that. Yeah, sure thing. Before I kind of give the tips, I, I a quote that kind of jumped in my head as we were talking through like, you know, kind of the big goals that I set for myself is I'd seen this quote somewhere, but essentially the quote was, if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. And I think that is something that also propels me forward as I think about like what I really want to do. Like I think my my goals definitely sound lofty, but if they didn't scare me if I didn't feel like there's an inkling just feeling like maybe I can't do this, then I don't think they're worth pursuing. So I, I, I think that, you know, that's definitely my first advice as it comes to like personal finance, just in general, 
I think a lot of us get really bogged down by the numbers in the current place that we're in. And, you know, I started off 2020 with over $23,000 in, in debt. And most of that was not student loans. Most of that was just from um, me living beyond my means and living off of credit cards and, you know, keeping up with the fast life that I, I really couldn't afford. But for me to say this year, I want to be debt free. I want to, you know, do things that are completely imaginable, unimaginable. You know, I think, having, having a vision and having, you know, a a big dream for myself and a plan for myself, I think has really, really helped me push past the fear and shame that I was carrying around my Mm. personal finance. So I would say that's my number one tip. If you, if you're in a, you know, no matter where you are in your journey, if you're just graduating college, you're about to graduate, um, you're a recent grad, you're working, you've been working for five years, 10 years, you know, I think it really starts with understanding like, what is your why? Like, why do you want to do this? Why is this important to you? What do you see on the other side of becoming debt-free or, you know, making $100,000 for the first time in your life or being an entrepreneur? You know, like those are all personal finance decisions in my opinion, right? So like really starting there and then really um, shifting your mindset away from scarcity and I can't do this or I'll never do this to, to really shifting your mindset to, okay, how can I do this? How can I make an extra $500, you know, in the next couple of months? Like what skills do I have that I haven't really monetized that I've been afraid to tell my homegirls like, yeah, I'm always doing your resumes or I'm doing your hair, but I'm not charging you. You know, like those were the kind of things that I started to ask myself around like, like there's money out here for me. And I would say, especially for students, students who want to travel and want to travel debt-free, I would definitely say looking into fellowships and study abroad fellowships and scholarships. I know this is a really weird time, but I'm really optimistic that uh, we will recover and bounce back from this. But uh, when I was a student, I received the Gilman International Scholarship. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people have gone Gilman. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one way. One. Um, mm-hmm. You know, their institutional uh, fellowships, you know, looking to look into Fulbright, look into Marshall, look into Rhodes. You know, those are some of the like really big, highly competitive ones, but there are others as well, you know, and, and my biggest tip for students is just to start saving for travel now. I wish I wish I had really saw myself as someone who could save money in college. And I, I, I don't think I was there yet on my personal finance journey. But when I look at my friends who, who had a better handle on their finances as students now to be in our mid 20, mid to early twenties, like they are definitely better off um, for it. And, and I think also students who want to live abroad, I think really taking this time now that we're all in isolation to research programs, like use YouTube, mm. use Instagram to find people who have done this, right? Like, I think what's, what's great about travel is that we're at a place now where so many people are documenting their journeys. But sometimes I think some of us are just, I don't think we know that so much great information is out there, right? So um, I would say starting there. And then my biggest tip for for folks working full-time who, who may have a steady income, especially during this time and after this pandemic passes is, is, like I mentioned, to really make travel a financial priority for you. So starting with that first paycheck, really start a savings account for travel travel. Um, Often money, not having enough money, bills, other financial obligations are like the biggest excuses that people tell me when I'm like, oh, hey, do you want to go on this trip? (laughs) So I think the sooner that you can make travel financial 
priority, the sooner you can travel freely. So I currently save about $1,000 a month for travel into a separate savings account that I do not touch. But when I first started working, you know, I obviously was not saving that much. When I first started working, I might've been saving a hundred dollars a month. You know, I think maybe that was all I could do. Uh, But really starting small and building up and automating those savings, I think one made it a part of my lifestyle and two really gave me something to look forward to. I think it's, you know, we can talk about finding cheap flights and all of this, like all these wonderful tools to be able to travel further for less. But if you don't have any money saved to do it, is, is it really worth it? And I think that's what, that's what I hope to inspire people to do through finance. I love that. Those are all really, really helpful tips. I particularly love the part about just the mindset shift. I feel like yeah. a lot of us, even in just like joking around, we do kind of operate on that scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm poor. Oh, I'm broke. Blah, blah, blah. But like, just even speaking those things out loud, I think can affect the way that you live your life and the way that you see the potential in your life. So I, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to stop saying, oh, I'm broke. I'm poor. And just start mm-hmm. saying, I'm prioritizing my money for other things. You know, like, mm, yeah, that's a simple mind. You know, it's a simple shift, but really I, I totally agree with you, Hannah. Like the words that we say to the words that we tell ourselves um, become our reality. So I think mm-hmm. the more we tell ourselves, those things are unattainable or I'm not going to be able to do those things. I think the longer it takes us to be able to truly provide the destinies that we want for ourselves. Definitely. Just to switch gears a tiny bit, I wanted to ask a little bit about some travel hacks. So obviously travel, you know, it's not just about buying the ticket. There's like, you know, just like enjoying life, but sometimes that costs money as well. And then there's also other things like photography, et cetera. So do you have any um, hacks that you've used maybe on like solo trips for getting photography or just like getting deals or finding your way around a new um, city or country? Yeah, I have a couple great tips. So one of my favorite things to do in a new city is to take a free walking tour. I'm sure to some people, they're going to be like, that sounds weird. But really, actually, a a walking tour, especially a free one, is a great opportunity to, one, get your bearings around a city that you may not know that well. Two, learn a little bit about the history and culture that you may otherwise totally miss unless you... Mm stop by a museum or you have a pocket guide or something. Uh, And three, it's also a really cool way to meet other tourists. So I've been on walking tours where we've met other solo travelers, where we've met locals just, you know, in terms of the different spots that they take us through. But that is kind of like what I love to do. Like if I just have an open itinerary and I am in a new city, I love to do a free walking tour if I can to really just kind of learn about a new surroundings and usually they're no more than an hour. So it's a great way to get steps in and also just um, really get acclimated to the new place. Another great uh, tip that I have is to explore markets, especially I was going to say if you're pretty much all around the world, if you are, um, if you're in a city that has like a, a weekend market or a large market square or a street where people where people are vending produce and food, definitely stop by. Markets are some of the most diverse places that you can see in a different city. Um, and I don't necessarily mean like a supermarket inside, but like an open air market or, you know, like like a square where, where different folks are vending. I think mm. it's it's an amazing way to see to see different 
foods and see what people eat. Usually it's where locals are eating and spending their money. And like, you know, when I was in Japan, for example, and we went to Kyoto, we stumbled across this like incredible market that was just like, in one of the streets near, near the place that we were staying. And it was amazing. Like it was just so many, so many cool foods and so much activity. We ended up having lunch there like almost every day because there was like a different stall that we wanted to try. So I think that's a great way to really, you know, try different foods on a budget and really gain some real great appreciation for a new place. Don't kill me for this next one, but I would also say staying in hostels is a great way to travel on a budget without tanking your housing budget. So I know sometimes Sometimes folks, especially, I think especially in the Black community, I think there's a little mm-hmm. bit of fear about staying in hostels. Yeah. And I'd never stayed in a hostel until I, I traveled across Europe. But hostels are amazing. Like, usually they're, like, very simpler accommodations. Usually, like, young people are staying there, solo travelers. There's almost always, like, a communal area where you can, like... And you've stayed in a hostel, like, on your own by yeah, yourself? I've, I've stayed. Uh, I've stayed in a hostel with, like groups or small groups or like okay. one or two friends. Um, okay. Funny enough, I've actually never taken a true, true solo travel uh, trip. I've like been by myself on like a group trip, but I've never kind of just like gone to a new city on my own. I think that's, I think more and more that that's in my car for 2021. We'll see. But yeah, I, I loved my staying in hostels and across Europe and in the Caribbean. I, I think it's a great way to save to save money and, and to meet other young people if you can. And if you're traveling throughout Europe after Corona, a brand of hostels that I really liked was, um, they're called Generator Hostels. They're like really well done, like really nice accommodations. I stayed in a generator in Paris and in Germany and Frankfurt, Germany in Rome. So yeah, that, that's a really good brand, especially if you're in Europe. So you've been to many places and seen many things and eaten plenty of foods. And we always like to ask people who come on our show if they've have had any awkward stories that they would want to share. Yeah, I mean, this is an awkward story, not necessarily on travel, but it's awkward on the we'll personal finance trip. Yeah, so, you know, I think when we talk about debt, especially, I think, you know, I think if you have student loan debt, it's not seen as as bad as having credit card debt. And for me to be sitting here and I'm like, yes, I have this amazing brand called Flynance and I love to talk about getting out of debt and using your money wisely. Well, I was not always so wise. In particular, (laughs) my first real summer living and working in New York City, I was, this is before hot girl summer was a thing, but that truly was my hot girl summer. (laughs) And I talk about this on on my blog and on my Instagram page. But that summer, your girl racked up like $10,000 in debt, just swiping and not caring. Okay. It was like emergency fund. No. How about emergency fund? You know, like you couldn't tell me nothing. Like I was, I was out here. Like I was like, Oh, you want to go to brunch? Oh, you want to go to happy hour? Oh, you want to do this? You want to do that? Let's Uber five blocks. You know, like it just was, it, everything was an access. I could do nothing for myself. It was all about convenience. And it's awkward to kind of talk about that now because it's just like, wow, I am still paying. I'm still repaying for, for that hot girl summer. So, you know, it's, it's awkward because it's like, yeah, we all make financial mistakes, but like mm-hmm. they don't have to stop you from growing and, and creating new realities for yourself. So that's, that's my awkward story. 
<laughs> Thanks, girl. It's, it, I think it's more, it shows your growth, really. You know, that one summer, $10,000, and now you're out here trying to make a million in the next mm-hmm. decade. So go okay. ahead, girl. That's going to make like a beautiful story. Like when you make that million, you'd be like, remember my hot girl summer? <laughs> well, look at me now. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. So lastly, we like to do shout outs. So if there's anyone that you feel like has glowed up, is doing something that you want to highlight, who would that person be and where can we find them? Yes, actually, I have a couple Black women that I want to shout out. So I am so thankful for the community that I've built on Instagram around finance. And in particular, I feel really blessed to have connected with some amazing Black women who are financial coaches and collaborators and content creators um, who are talking about these things. So in particular, I want to shout out my homegirl. She runs Debt-Free Travel Journey. She's a certified financial coach. She's actually doing like free financial consultations for folks this month. And she has a wealth of knowledge. She's lived abroad. She's lived in South Africa. And she I think she just has like an incredible perspective on on saving for travel and and really being able to see more of the world without financial burden. So I want to shout her out. I want to shout out another incredible financial coach that I've met through Instagram. Her handle is Kenya.imani. She's also providing community discovery calls for folks this month because it is financial literacy month. And she has amazing content on her on her journey. She's also someone like me who loves to travel um, and wants to do it without debt. And she's actually planning to go on a sabbatical in the next year or two. So you can definitely follow her to kind of learn more about what it really takes to save for long-term travel. Um, And then finally, um, the last person I want to shout out is um, another amazing woman. I was talking about her earlier, but her handle is Debt Free to Travel. She did an amazing job of uh, knocking out like a lot of debt from her undergrad experience. She works full time, but she's actually on a mission to become debt free by her 26th birthday, which is this year. And then she's going to travel for a year and possibly more. So she's someone that I follow personally to just see like how she's saving, how she's thinking about such a long-term travel. So if you're interested in that as well, um, definitely follow her. So that's debt-free travel journey, Kenya.imani and debt-free to travel. Definitely want to shout them out. You are awesome. Thank you. That was just really encouraging that you also shouted out wonderful Black women who are doing this type of work. And I think that if you ever felt like you weren't needed, just from Hannah and I, we can attest to the fact that an experience from you, who is the same age as us, has just been so beneficial. We've only been talking for 45 minutes. So thank you. Honestly. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. I really love what you both have done with Ox and keep doing it. Keep bringing us amazing stories. And I'm so thankful to be here. And folks can follow me on Instagram. I'm fly.nant. So F-L-Y dot N-A. A-N-C-E-D or flynance.com and and I'm also available by email contact at flynance.com and I would love to hear from anyone who has questions or just wants to chat about money and travel. Thank you so much for being on the show today and it was so great just like reconnecting and thank you again for your time. Yes, thank you. I hope you both stay safe and healthy amid these crazy times. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week.
We hope you guys enjoyed this episode or at least glean something from it. So we hope that as we've grown less awkward, you've grown less awkward. Make sure to rate, like, and subscribe. And don't forget to follow us at Aux Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and all of your favorite platforms. Leave us a message, slide into our DMs. We will always respond. Talk to you.